Greetings and welcome to another installment of Capital Report, a spinoff of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Blueberry, SoundCloud, PodBay, Overcast, PocketCast, and at www.vhha.com. Please listen and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite hosting site. You can also hear episodes of the podcast each Saturday at 11 a.m. on WJFN 100.5 FM in the Richmond area. And you can send questions, comments, or feedback to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Again, that's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. With that housekeeping out of the way, today we are delighted to be joined by VHHA Senior Vice President and General Counsel Brent Rawlings for a conversation about what's happening on the healthcare front during the Virginia General Assembly Legislative Session in Richmond. So welcome to the program, Brent. Thank you, Jillian. Glad to be here. And we appreciate you making a few moments during the busy season. So we're approaching the halfway point of the two-month 2020 legislative session. Each year, the legislature deals with thousands of bills to update or modify state law, governing so many areas of life, from education and transportation to law and order, elections, and so much more. And that, of course, includes health care policy. Brent, you're in the thick of the action at the state capitol, advocating for public policy solutions that improve the health care delivery system and improve patient care. If you would, can you provide listeners with just a high-level overview of some of the issues you're actively engaged on this session? Sure, Julian. You know, we have a routine conversation here about all things health care and general assembly. It's something that members of the legislature are hearing a lot about from their constituents and how it impacts them at home. Um, and that manifests itself in, in, in different sorts of legislation. This year, as, it, as we have for several years over the past five years or so, uh, we've been looking at changes to the state certificate of public need law. That's a regulatory scheme in Virginia that's very important to our health care delivery system. We've been working on some reforms to that, and we're making some good progress this year. Balanced billing or surprise billing is another issue. That's definitely a kitchen table issue that gets legislators very excited about helping their constituents. We're excited about legislation to fix that issue as well to help our patients. So that's something we're definitely seeing a lot of activity and progress on. We're optimistic that we'll have some sort of a legislative fix for that. Another issue that has been a perennial for the last couple of years is behavioral health care. It's a very specialized area of the law that requires a lot of stakeholder involvement and input. We as as hospitals are part of that conversation are contributing how we can. And then the last thing I'll just mention is just in general, uh, healthcare regulatory work. There's always some level of legislation that is really just aimed at making some tweaks and changes around how we do business or how we interact with patients. And uh, that takes a lot of time. It's detail intensive, but it's enjoyable to work with legislators to try to make uh, patient care better for, for Virginia. Well, thanks for giving that high-level overview, Brent. People who follow the General Assembly from afar may not have a full understanding of all the ins and outs of the legislative process. And Brent, again, since you are right in the middle of the action, I wonder if you could give listeners sort of the schoolhouse rock summary of how a proposed bill works its way through the subcommittee and committee and floor process in the legislature, as well as some of the potential detours that can happen along the way to alter the fate of a piece of legislation. Sure. You know, the schoolhouse rock analogy is great. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. I think the schoolhouse rock analogy, though, tends to be 
uh, maybe a little more formal than than what actually happens in reality. It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee, but I know I'll be a law someday at least. I hope I think a lot of folks would be surprised, uh, as I was when I first started doing this, in some ways how informal this process can be at times. It is somewhat chaotic. It is rarely a, a linear exercise from point A to point B in terms of drafting. Um, it requires you to think on your feet a lot and, and to adapt. But in general terms, you know, you start with that bill and you, you read it, you review it, you find out and think about how does this impact us or how could it be improved to help our hospitals and our patients. And, and from there, you begin the journey working with the legislators and other stakeholders, beginning with subcommittee meetings where there's some actual drafting and, and changes to the introduced bill done. It works its way up to committee ultimately onto the floor uh, in each house, and you go after crossover, which will be coming up next week, it flips, and you go through the same process again. And uh, again, it, it involves a lot of twists and turns along the way. Um, rarely are things simple and straightforward, but that's part of the fun. And, and at each step along the way there, particularly in subcommittee and committee, you have uh, the opportunity to provide public comment and public testimony I do that as do other members of the team here uh, routinely uh, representing the voice of hospitals. Routinely we are asked when a bill comes up in committee that we may not have a, a comment on or, or may not be actively working routinely we will be asked by uh, legislators on that committee if it does impact hospitals and if so, uh, what are our concerns? So we, in addition to being actively working on bills, we're, we're actively engaging in those uh, in those committee meetings to, to be a part of, of the process to make sure that at the end of the day, when it's time I die and, and the session is over, we, we have a, a work product that we're all comfortable with. And you described the process as chaotic, and I think that that is a very apt description of what can often be the, the environment of the General Assembly. Also, just for the benefit of our audience, wanted to define two terms that you use, crossover, coming up next week. That is the date by which a bill that originated in one house or one chamber of the legislature has to have been passed by that chamber and crossed over to the other side in order for it to still be active for the remainder of the legislative session. And then sine die or sine da, depending on the pronunciation, is the the close or the final day uh, and adjournment of the legislative session. So just wanted to put those two notes there. Brent, you alluded to this a moment ago about some of the detail-oriented nature of the process, and you talked about engaging with stakeholders and elected officials. One of the foundational building blocks in the process, as you mentioned, is lots and lots of bill review, which is basically reading a pile of proposed law changes to decipher the intent and potential effect of legislation to determine how best to engage on a particular policy issue. It strikes me that bill review can sometimes be like a needle in a haystack hunt for those critical bits of language that can, in practical terms, make a world of difference. I wonder, as someone who does this on a regular basis, in your mind, what is the art and the science of bill review and parsing these policy proposals? It's a, a great question, and uh, you know, kind of similar to the answer I gave you to the previous question. It's less science, more art. There is not a whole lot of technology at play when it comes to reviewing these bills. You can look at the title of the bill to get a clue. Sometimes you need to open that bill. Oftentimes that title or that summary doesn't give you a full picture of what the legislation might do and how it might impact the folks that you represent. So unfortunately, from a technology standpoint, 
you begin by reviewing the bills that are filed each day and looking at the titles, and hopefully that gives you enough insight, and you dig in and you dig in and you, and you read through it. The part of it is you've, you've got so many bills, so many thousands of pieces of legislation. Many of those, a big chunk of them, will impact you as a hospital, as a business, just like they do other businesses, and you sort of develop a series of what I call filters in your brain, and that's kind of the art of, of it, is, is filtering through and prioritizing, and that's something that is a, a repeat cycle. You go through the first pass and the second pass and the third pass until you have sort of simmered through and gotten the, the kernels of, of those bills that you really need to be working on. You really need to get be getting input and expertise involved in, in getting those in good shape. Uh, others kind of get put to the side as a less priority item, and then some fall off altogether as just something that you, that you monitor. It is not a scientific process. At some point in time, we'd love to try to put down in words exactly what goes on in that bill review process, it just becomes somewhat organic uh, as you as you do it time and again, it, it gets easier and easier. Well, thanks for taking us through some of the uh, intricacies of that process. Uh, before we go, because I know you have a lot to do back on Capitol Square, we're going to close with two questions to give people a bit of a sense about who you are beyond the professional work that you do. The first question, Brent, is this, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given and why does it resonate with you to this day? <laughs> For advice, I always turned my father, and his advice to me was, uh, or his, his saying that I always heard from him was, there's only one way to eat an elephant, and that's one bite at a time. Uh, the door you exercise is a great example, <laughs> uh, but in life in general, uh, that is something that has always, uh, always stuck with me. It's easy to get overwhelmed in a, in a complicated and busy world, and you sometimes doubt your ability to accomplish things, but when you take it one step at a time and, and catch your breath and, and your focus and uh, willing to do the work, it gets done. So that's always something I lean on. Well, that is good good advice, step by step and day by day. And then to, <laughs> to close, we will ask you the question we pose to all of our guests on VHHA's Patients Come First podcast. It's one inspired by a popular BBC program. And the question, Brent, is this. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album and one movie would you like to have with you to keep yourself occupied? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what one book, one movie, and one album would be in your Desert Island Survival Kit, Brent Rawlings? Well, I knew this question was coming. I'm always prepared, Julian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as far as books, I will say if I'm on a deserted island, I have a story to tell. So I'm going to bring an empty journal, but I know you're going to insist on me giving an answer. No, that, that's, a, that's an acceptable <laughs> answer. That's fine. That's an acceptable answer. You'll write, you'll be the author of your own book. There we go. There we go. That would be my preference. <laughs> um, album. Music. You and I have talked a lot about music. I like all types of music. My, I, and I don't like answering favorite questions in general. I always resist when you ask me these questions. Um, <laughs> but, but for me, music is about the mood that you're in. And uh, you paint a picture of me being on a, a deserted island, which to me means there's water. I think about the beach. Uh, I think it's time to mellow out. And so I'm going to pick some Jack Johnson. It's always better when we're together. Yeah, we'll look at them stars and we're together. Uh, in between dreams, the great album. Just relaxing, helps you enjoy the moment, and uh, good stuff. 
Liver Splash is one of my favorite songs by Jimmy There we Johnson. go. There we go. And then really, I pride myself in having a sense of humor. I love to laugh, so it's got to be a comedy. Uh, I love the uh, Coen Brother movies, uh, Big Lebowski, Raising Arizona. Uh, but for this one, I'm going to pick something with some rich dialogue. It also has a great soundtrack for Brother, Where Art Thou? would be one I love to watch time and again. I, I always find something else to laugh at every time I watch it. I don't know that I knew that about you, but that is such an eminent <laughs> that is such an eminently quotable movie. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Grab the broom of reform and sweep this state clean. <laughs> you got it. Uh, well, you're perhaps doing something on a small scale like that downtown, but I digress. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> well, with that, that brings us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and subscribe so you know when new episodes are available. And big thanks once again to our friend, VHHA Senior Vice President and General Counsel, Brent Rawlings, for being with us today and keep up the good work downtown. Thanks, Joy. It was fun. Thank you. Thank you.